Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of Goofin'. Uh, I'm your host, Luke Gaston. I'm a Colorado-based comedian. Thanks for tuning into the show. How are you doing? Hope you're doing good. Some of you are probably like, what the hell am I getting into? Well, this is it. You're just, you're, I'm going to bring in funny comedians from Colorado first, and then once COVID clears up, we get headlining comics to come in. It's going to be a jolly good time, so thanks for tuning into the podcast. Uh, as far as what's going on with me, boy, absolutely nothing beside the podcast. Work is pretty much on the fritz, and I, I, I did this thing during the whole quarantine where I'm like, I'm gonna work out like an animal, and I, I worked out a little too hard. I, I did hot, I did hot yoga in a cold room. I can only walk like an old man right now, so I just go on nice walks and <sighs> sigh a lot. <laughs> well, that's what you get. I, when I, when I went to the doctor, I was like, hey, uh, my, my groin hurts, and he was like, all right, let's see him. And he seriously did like jujitsu or something to me because it, it was like, oh, okay. And he was like, okay, well, you just have a really bad brain growing. Don't do anything. So I'm glad I started a podcast because I, I was just losing my mind. I was like, oh, I, I can't go to shows. I can't work. And I can't do jumping jacks anymore or hot yoga in cold rooms. So I've been lucky enough to do a, a, some comedy shows here and there. They, we have some socially distant comedy shows, which are fun. It's just like doing comedy again for the most part, like not as packed, but you know, definitely safe and you can still like look at people and go, here's a joke and they laugh and it's actually kind of the same experience. But, but I've had other like ways of, of getting comedy. Like they, we have drive-in comedy shows where people come in and you tell, tell jokes and instead of laughing, they honk, which that screwed me up. Cause I'll just be in, tra- I'll be in traffic and someone will honk at me. I'm like, Oh, thank you. Thanks for coming out. Just hit someone's kid. Like, thank you. And then you, there's also like, there's zoom comedy shows where it's, it's you, you're alone in a room talking to your computer to some guy's dad for $20 telling jokes. And that, I, I mean, I, more power to him, but I just, I just felt so weird. Like people come in, like if someone comes in your room, it's like, Hey, shut the door. I'm doing stand up. God, mom. But nowadays, if there's anything you can do that's positive and makes people feel good, then more power to you. Cause we need more of that in this old crazy world we're living in nowadays. Which brings us to our first guess, a shitty segue, <laughs> which, you know, t- speaking of terrible things happening in the world, my first guest is a very funny person. Put your hands together for Michelle Obama, everyone. Michelle. That'd be cool, right? If we had Michelle Obama in. That would, yeah, the first guest of a middling open mic-ish comic from Colorado is Michelle Obama. That'd be killer. <laughs> only ask her like hardcore questions like, Michelle, what are you going to do about the war? And then she'll like give you like a really serious answer. I'm like, well, that's not very funny, Michelle. <laughs> the worst and first goofing podcast guest. No, I like Michelle. Don't don't cancel me. My guest today is a very funny Colorado comedian. He's uh he's kind of the shepherd of comedy out here. He starts open mics. He started over forty different open mics over the past ten years of living here. He he'll put comics for their first opportunity on the road. Very cool guy. Very funny. Put your hands together. Slap your neighbor. Jump up and down for the very funny. Tobias Livingston. You have a, a talent for 
making comedy shows happen in places they should not. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> I've always done everything I'm not supposed to. Yeah, because I, I remember the first time uh, I was doing stand, like the first couple of times I was doing it was in Boulder, mm -hmm. and that's where you you started the Boulder comedies like scene. Pretty mm, much, right? Half and half, yeah. Brent Gill and I started within two weeks of each other. He's got. Uh, the Bohemian Bear Garden that's been running for I don't know how long, eight years now. Seven, eight years, yeah. Um, and I started Johnny Cigar Bar like two weeks later. We had both independently set up these shows without knowing the other was doing oh, it. So the His is a showcase, mine was an open mic. But I was already running shows here in Fort Collins and Greeley and, and toured yes. a couple so times. So you just started prodding the <laughs> Boulder area as a, because you, you're from Greeley? It, yeah. Yeah, so I live up in Greeley. You're popping in from, like to every city doing mics. Oh, one and of each. Boulder started with Johnny's. Mm-hmm. Because mm -hmm. that's one of the first times I did stand-up was at Johnny's. And this is just like a, like an old cigar bar, mm -hmm. dingy, like there's a piano, old piano. You could like... Weren't supposed to play. No. <laughs> yeah. Every every comic that was bombing would be like, oh, let me just uh, play tinkle, the piano. Tinkle, tinkle, yeah. tinkle, tinkle, But uh, yeah, Johnny's was a fun, weird, weird little enclave. Because Boulder's got its eclectic side, you know, which is... it. All of it. Um, yeah. So yeah. there's, you know, there's musicians, there's former musicians, there's millionaires in shorts, there's, you know, <laughs> service workers in their other pants I, and clothes. Well, and, it, it, that's, that makes, it's like a testament to your ability to start open mic comedy because you, you were doing open mics in places where it's just. Well, the trick with that one is I didn't want that one. Yeah. I was, I had a comedy club. I was doing a Wednesday, very successful Wednesday in Greeley at the Down Under Comedy Club. Nice. Which is where uh, Dylan Ames, he showed up and did a set and said, uh, hey, I hang out in Boulder. You should do this in Boulder. And then yada, yada. Uh, fast forward, we got there. But, I mean, I didn't want it for a long time because it was all the way in Boulder. It wasn't going to be paid. So it took a lot of negotiation to make it worth doing. Right. But once we did that, uh, it's been a fun mic. A lot of people started there. Oh, yeah. The Johnny's, Johnny Cigar mm -hmm. Bar. Uh and that that mic was like so fun too because you had people who were God the weirdest shit happened oh, there. You because you, you have the people who are dressing up like a like a ghost mm. and going on stage. Nope. he was a Power there, Ranger, the White Power Ranger. There's a White Power Ranger. That's oh oh there was the ghost guy. That's <laughs> right. The, fuck, I forgot about that guy. <laughs> Let's go back. Okay, these are different venues. Yeah. You started. No 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 same place. <laughs> Just all weird. No, no, yeah. The, a long time ago, there's a kid. I can't remember his name right now. He would come, and this is the best. He would come in the white Power Rangers outfit, like spandex, head to toe. You could see his tidy whities and little Peter through it. He was an adult, like teenager, 20-something maybe. You could drink. Yeah. But was wearing pajamas, essentially, oh, out, out to do a set. And he didn't have the mask. But he was, and here's the best part. He did his set. And it was very kind of in-the-moment actor riffy thing, awkwardness. And the best part is he never mentioned the Power Rangers outfit. It, he never brought it up. <laughs> he just did it in the outfit. Well, that's fantastic. That's actually, that's, I that's, mean, that's a good bit. Just showing up in Power Rangers. And not <laughs> another up at uh, the Down Under uh, Comedy Club, uh, Marcus Fowler, another old-time comic that uh, quit, uh, you know, because... He got more successful with his regular job and shit. But uh, <laughs> used to make fun of a comic who was like a prop comic with a uh, prop comic had like a funny voice and an accordion. Marcus Fowler thought that was kind of silly, the whole bit, because 
that dude could do comedy without the whole bit. But anyway, uh, yeah. Marcus got a ukulele at a pawn shop and would just hold it on stage. <laughs> wouldn't play it. Like upwards? Wouldn't talk about You'd it. Yeah, it like, upwards? like a dead rabbit or a shovel that's <laughs> dirty, <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, uh. And so one time, making fun of Marcus Fowler, making fun of that guy, I literally took my shovel on stage and then did like psychic jokes from my shovel. It was a real weird bit, and I'll, I've, you know, I'm you know, gonna... it's funny is like when you remind me, like that's that's when I started. I, I remember seeing that guy, the, well, the White Power Ranger. Mm-hmm. Which mm-hmm. Is, yeah, White Power Ranger. That's that's a lot different. Uh, yeah, no hi- it, no hyphens. That's no, <laughs> that's, that's smooth. <laughs> This white power ranger was a right, he right. Uh, he was like a guy I actually did improv classes with. Oh, was he? Yeah. What and was that kid's name? I don't know, but he's saying he's like, yeah, I'm living in. He just said I'm living in uh, Denver for this semester, and then transferring. This is my fourth transfer. And I was like, oh, oh, theater. Well, figuring that out. <laughs> yeah, theater. Which boy? Too theatrical for theater is a problem. <laughs> yeah, dude. that needs medication. Yeah. So the first one was a white power ranger, and mm-hmm. then. The ghost. The ghost was at Tandoori, which is another mic. Because you started like every mic. I yeah. I can't I can't gloss over the fact that you, any comic that ever started in Boulder was because of you. Of a mic I started. Yeah. Or somebody that started at my mic that started a mic. Right. So I will grandfather clause almost all of the Boulder comics. Yes. Because <laughs> the way kind of Colorado comedy works, the way I think it works is like, because we have the uh, Denver comedy works. Mm-hmm. That like just is like the the font of like like, like that's like where the fountain starts of mm-hmm. like shows mm-hmm. and like talent being around. Right, right. You're just an extension of that because I remember you saying well the first time I got in Johnny's you were saying like oh like four of the people who do this mic regularly are on like advanced in the new talent mm-hmm. comedy works mm-hmm. and that's like that that's when I was like oh whoa I was like a, yeah Boulder was a little feeder area of different comics and it was really good because. You would get Fort Collins comics, you'd get Greeley comics that could drive down, and mm-hmm. Denver comics that would drive up. So it would mix the scenes, and then uh, you didn't know each other's jokes. So it was, everybody was audience for everybody else. So yeah. that was what helped make it be unique a little bit. As far as far as like an open mic, too, because mm-hmm. pe- 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 you can, so, something about an open mic is you can go to like one open mic over and over and over again, and it, it could actually be bad. <laughs> For you, I mean, I ran three to five a week for a long time. So, gotta make money, man. I remember. I mean, you, okay. So let's let's make a list. So we got okay. Johnny Cigar Bar in downtown sure. Boulder. Yep. And that closed. We can get in that later. Mm-hmm. But like, mm-hmm. uh, Tandoori. Yep. That's a. This is a. It's like a bar connected to a Indian, Indian restaurant. restaurant. Right. And then we have uh, Vision Quest Brewery, which yep. is like in the industrial side mm-hmm. of Boulder, and mm-hmm. it's actually a super killer. Fun show Everyone I picked was a great spot and a great venue in a different part of town. So different people got to see the joke. So as a comic, mm-hmm. you can run it by kind of different folks. And by the end of the week, you should be able to have whatever garbage you started with <laughs> that week whittled down to a joke or two. Yep. Yeah. That's the idea from like a Tuesday to Thursday and then by Friday, Saturday, there's your new joke for your set, so you feel good about going somewhere. And the ability, like the, you because you did that, you you gave people not only in Boulder like more time, but mm-hmm. people outside of Boulder more time to work on jokes somewhere else. Bingo. Exactly. And it's you, not the same five open mics you've been haunting. It's totally like my favorite thing to do is I'll, I'll I'm we, I'll, we this is in Fort Collins. We live in Fort Collins, but like mm-hmm. uh, 
I'll do shows in Fort Collins, and then I would go to Greeley, mm-hmm. and I'd go to uh, Longmont, Loveland, mm-hmm. all these other towns, mm-hmm. and do other mics mm-hmm. because I wanted to see what every different kind of person likes this joke or not. Right. And in, I, I've always said within Colorado, if you can do jokes all up and down the front range, if you can seriously do jokes that work from fucking Pueblo yeah. to Fort Collins, you're golden for you're touring. Golden. If you, you can, can make jokes work in Pueblo, you're, you're doing If you can do jokes, the same jokes, yeah. or, ha- or be able to switch, <laughs> but if you can feel a crowd know what jokes to do from Pueblo to the Springs to Denver to South Denver to downtown Denver. To Rifle, Colorado. Rifle. We, Fucking we've rifle. done some fun <laughs> weird. I've taken you on some weird adventures, haven't I? Oh, dude. Dude. Yeah. <laughs> We'll get into that, but I, I need to ask you about... Uh, who, the rest of Boulder? No, we, no. We've, we've only named a handful. <laughs> There's the Outback. I, I, Outback. I ho- uh, didn't host it. I did host it for a second, but I kind of... It was a bait and switch where Billy Joe wanted that, and the, <clears throat> the people were finally getting froggy, and like, well, you live right there. You're good at promotions. You've run a mic. Let's give you, you your mic. Yeah. But I didn't really tell the venue that that i was doing that and i sold it kind of as hey i'm i run all the shows would you let me run a open mic mm-hmm. not host i never said host <laughs> but i did host a couple and then handed it off to billy joe but yeah if, i gave up mics i gave shows away mm-hmm. and then people turned mics into shows shows into different things so you just you give a lot of people opportunities that's basically. what it's about that's the whole point yeah and boulder's a different scene the, the kids there are different than the Fort Collins college kids. The adults that stay there and 20-some-odds are, the, are different people yeah. in Fort Collins. Then, of course, goddamn Greeley. Uh, <laughs> you know, and Denver has its own thing, you know, and, and hipsters and whatnot. Yeah. You know, and they like suicide jokes more down there, I noticed, for one little stint. Where oh, Those weren't really? a thing everywhere else in the state. And I was like, y'all are sad down there. This is... <laughs> It's before. I mean, we all are, but they were like, yeah, but oh, really out, out, out about about it, doing know? it, yeah, doing the, yeah, but yeah, the things come and go, scenes mm-hmm. are different. That's the point of the thing. And the outback though was that was fun and brutal. That was people playing pool. If you got laughs there, you earned it. If you got that is a mic where I think uh, some people who are doing comedy at like highest levels have mm-hmm. not experienced, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which good. That's probably good, but mm-hmm. like it was just like. You literally have to wrestle people to stop doing what they're doing and then listen long enough for you to get your 15 to 20 second punchline joke. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If you well, go up there with like a minute joke, you're screwed. The first open mic I ran was in Loveland at a biker bar. So I I mean, I picked it on purpose as the first show I was going to run just as I haven't hosted comedy. This is when I first started. I'd hosted all kinds of other shit, yeah. uh, but not comedy. So I'd done research in the local scene and yada yada. Saw how kind of comedy hosting is a little different. And then uh, to get my chops, uh, I jumped in with both leather boots on into, in a biker bar. <laughs> so everybody had to fight everything to not get in a fight to do the show. Wow. So that was fun. And it was just, it lasted a year and a half or so. So I was running that. I was running. What was a show like there, though? Like it was, Brutal. Uh, brutal. It, I mean, it was, it was on a dance floor. Uh, and they would move the tables kind of back a little bit. Do they turn but the was, TVs off or? Yeah, we got most of the TVs off most of the time. But the owners, kids, quote unquote kids, they were all ex-Marines and ex-felons and stuff. I don't think it was maybe a biker game. I think Sons of Anarchy, but the mom is a little shorter than the lady in that show. 
Everyone's just a little shorter. That's all. <laughs> a little shorter, more marini. You know, nice. and th- and that's you know more tattoos. But oh. they were cool folks. But they would definitely some nights if they didn't like the comic or didn't like that we were comicking that night and they were having a different thing, they would just super hard territorially stand at the back of the bar oh. and do their own thing and they totally ignore us, not listen, yeah. not acknowledge. Uh, they were loud, like biker loud. You know what I mean? That. That's an expert level room. That right public there. level of loud to where they're just begging some country bro or like, hey, you guys be quiet so that they can just beat the living <laughs> shit out of somebody in public. Yeah. Just that, an excuse. Right. Yeah. So they were doing that. But uh, when that ended, uh, Johnny's began some point in and around and after that. No, it was after that because that was on a Tuesday. Yeah. So Johnny's replaced the Tuesday for me. Nice. Yeah. But, that- yeah. So had- Billy Joe's room at, there at the Outback. That was the whole point of that. Very similar struggle vibe where you've got the the cool locals, i.e. the biker, quote unquote, the guys that, oh, I'm here all the time. What are you guys doing here on Tuesdays? Uh, <laughs> and then pool league and then sometimes a dart league and every now and then somebody throws, you know, a shuffleboard puck through a plate glass window. <laughs> 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 While the only person that wouldn't notice, the diff comic, is on stage. How many open mics have you started? I can't count them. There's a couple, really? a couple dozen. I mean, I uh, man, if you'd asked me that before this, I'd have been prepared with a number. Yeah. But I've started more shows, uh, you know, than most people have been on probably. Oh. I don't know. <laughs> 30. Probably. 40. Uh, maybe not. So thir- somewhere between 30 and 40 open mics. Three dozen, yeah. Show, though. Shows. Shows, if, if you're not counting tours. Yeah. Maybe half of that. I don't know because I ran the mountain shows. That shit I've had. These are all different venues. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Two different shows in Breck. I've had Avon. I've had. That's crazy. Rifle. Uh, rifle. Yeah, rifle was fun. <laughs> Glenwood Springs. Couple different ones in Glenwood. No, 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 no. One place in Glenwood a couple different times, and then a couple different places in Rifle. One was kind of a revenge yeah. show. <laughs> or a wrench show. Against the other one where I got overbooked by, nice. by the Lumineers. <sighs> Boo. I know. That's funny. Or no, no, the Burrows. Sorry, it was the Burrows. Oh, I was going to say Lumineers. Same thing. Whatever. <laughs> They're fucking bluegrass O's. <laughs> Ears. O's. Yeah. You did 60 plus shows. Uh, well, I mean, I've been doing it near a decade. That's... And my whole point at coming at this, I mean, I started in 2011 as a music booker with the angle and intent to get local venue contacts to bring, quote, bring comedy to Colorado. Yeah. I didn't know there was a goddamn scene, man. Because yeah. uh, uh, you want the backstory? Because I was big yes. on Twitter. I used to be a troll hunter on Twitter with the Young Turks and, and some comics and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Back, yeah, I dropped off Facebook because of the Obama election. And I grew up in Oklahoma, so all my friends were quite racist and unhappy with the progress you don't say. And so I deleted me from Facebook instead of all of my Facebook friends. That's a good move. But so I was on Twitter and in a terrible marriage. And so I was on, I yelled at the TV about commercials and the assumptions that I should need such a product. I just hated. Is this where Kill Your TV came from? Mm, it's always been there. Since uh, it's actually a Ned's Atomic Dustbin lyric. that's something lyric, after every Kill open your mic. television, but I use Kill Your TV. Yeah, because after every open mic and every piece of like. Promotional mm-hmm. material I've ever seen you put out has mm-hmm. Kill Your TV on it. Kill Your TV support live entertainment. Yep. I mean, we're here telling stories about shit you can't see on TV. It, yes. 
uh, exhibit A, a guy in an ectoplasm costume of yep. ghost. Yep. Is that what he did? He just like, there's this guy in Tandori in Boulder. He did who like a shtick where he was doing, he would go back and forth between being a performance comic, and but he, he showed up as a ghost with his face painted white and was going, oh, I'm the ghost of whatever, the suicide comic or whatever his, shtick, I don't remember what it was. It was real sad and bad. It was like having a, a puppet without puppeteering is what it was. He was his own. Oh, no. He, he took his hand and said, well, I don't have a puppet and I don't use a sock, so I'll just put it on my face. But instead of using a beak, he just painted his face white and did. Man. It was weird. I didn't, it, I didn't like it. There's a lot of comedy I did not like. It's weird because you like when, when someone's going on stage to do something live and like just like, you know, 10 feet away from other people. That weren't. A lot of times ready for it. Yeah. No. I, most of open micery, <laughs> if you want to look at it like that, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. is done uh, without consent. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's, oh, yeah. it's guerrilla style where you're in a bar on a random night of the week at a time when they need you to bring a couple people and a bunch of comics yep. to fill the room, fill the night. Nothing else is happening. They're not making money. They're not losing money, but uh, whatever. And the randos that show up or locals that go, hey, let's go on Wednesday now. Yeah. We're just tired of all those trivia people fucking up our fun talk that we have. They're going to come and talk over their teenage girl graduating and going to see you over a comedy show. Dude, yes. That, I, that, I think that the open mic comics in all of the scenes are mm -hmm. actually, they're doing a service for society where they're taking the the bottom of the barrel mm -hmm. of misfits mm -hmm. that might mm -hmm. roll in and give them a, a safe harbor for the night for sure, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So you're you're a shepherd. You've been a shepherd. For... I mean, there's I mean, there's several people I know that have uh, averted suicide with comedy for real, for oh, real. Absolutely. By, by getting it out, uh, some people have gotten off their psych meds and stuff. Uh, I've seen comics that were just awful, awful people as far as their presentation, like they're sad. You just want to push them you know i mean you're not, a, push you're not a bully but you're like get out of the way let me check out in front of you you know just you uh, not self-confident and then something hits in a joke they get a laugh mm -hmm. they get a little self-confidence the shoulders go back the dumb jokes now are presented better and they're the funny is found uh and then those people don't have to shoot up a starbucks you know what i mean so yeah yeah and then that, that's definitely like a Def, I mean, like I, I, I know, like if, like when I first started in comedy, it was terrible mm -hmm. <laughs> for a long time, mm -hmm. and I bombed on like, your open mics for the longest time. But I remember actually specifically at Johnny's, mm -hmm. it was one of the first times I ever got a laugh on stage, and that was a real one because Johnny's was tough, tough. The, Johnny's, if uh, to paint the picture for you guys, I'm farther away from Luke right now on this podcast <laughs> with a four foot table between us than I was at Johnny's from the first person in the front row. There were mm -hmm. room for 28 people and three tops and a bar. And then the back room was the cigar room where you could still smoke indoors. That's where all the old rich dudes made plans on how to not let Boulder get, you know, ungentrified or whatever. Uh, and it was like the old dudes were in the back Moms were in the living room laughing, watching a sitcom, and on the patio, people were smoking cigarettes and weed, like the teenagers. So it was like a tri-level within, what'd you say, 50 feet? It was little. Yeah, yeah. You could little. You could definitely, if one section got boring, you could bail to another. 
It was so fun, though. 80 people in that place was stuffed to the gills inside and out. Totally. It, it's, I mean, that was breaking so many fire marshal codes. The first I think time... it was coded for 24. Really? In in the one room. We were breaking laws. All the time, all the time. <laughs> so we had 50 on the list most of the time. I remember the first time I got like a laugh there, though. It was like, like it was like, oh, it's worth it now. Right. Like you're, you're, your first I, hit of heroin, and totally. you always want to go back. I was in like the darkest place ever. Like I was when I, when I first started, it was like I moved away from my hometown mm-hmm. and like just graduated college with an art degree. And I'm like, I have no idea what I'm doing. Congratulations, this is awesome. That's just uh, I'm gonna get abducted, or, or the world's gonna eat me. Yeah, <laughs> totally. And I yeah. just I just moved like to Denver, and mm-hmm. then I would I actually hated the Denver mics, and mm-hmm. I would go to to Boulder because. Mm-hmm. I was like, I got work in the morning, and I don't want to go up for three minutes at 1 a.m. with right. like two people passed out up front. By the time you were coming up, we I'd had my DUI, uh, and so we'd put a cap on the, uh, the list. That's why that happened, because uh, Nate Brown, he lived in Greeley at the time, and when I got my DUI, I had to not drive for a minute, and uh, so he actually drove back and forth the van. Wow. To keep Johnny's alive for nine months, or was it nine months? No, it wasn't nine months. It was like three months, 90 days that I didn't have my license. And he drove, and he goes, I'm not going to be here until three in the morning. Uh, and so we, wow. put a, we put a cap on it for 25 people, and it made it a two-and-a-half-hour show. I wasn't drinking, so I was tight between comics. I wasn't doing yeah. You know, ad hoc. Uh, his next comic, I, yeah. I met him uh, on the road somewhere, like a Schrader's, I think. Because you should try comedy. And then he didn't want to get <laughs> in my van that time. So I'm glad he found it. You know, and just I would, if you started walking towards me, I would tell more of a story until I, it was like, if a dog came at the food too soon, it's like, nope, sit. I would do that with your intro. I'd keep introing to you until you stopped. And then when I saw that you were, Passive. Calm down. Yeah. Then I would call your name when you weren't ready and then pull you off the stage. <laughs> and it got longer the drunker I got throughout the night. Because so I had a $35 bar tab and was just pouring pints in my head. Not a very considerate host at that point. I was a dick. Yeah. Um, I mean, I was mean to some people. Yeah. I let I let Nalawi bump Nate Earl when it, to whatever position yeah. he wanted. <laughs> really? Just yep. comics. As bumping a thing. comics. <laughs> no, no, just those two. Oh, just those two. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Cause Nate would always ask me, can I go up earlier? <laughs> When he was like 17 and I had 35 and I was like, no, eat a bag of dicks. You're right in the middle. That's right funny. there. I don't care. I get up at six in the morning to go do work. You do have to keep yourself when you're, when you're hoping, because you said two, like two and a half hours long show. That's, that's tight. A, that's super tight. That's a tight, but also that's a lot of, that's a lot of comedy. 25 oh. comics. I mean, it was, I can get 10 comics an hour. Then, but that, that's, you have to make it like fun for yourself at that point too. I would give people weird intros, yep. you know, like, when this next guy is not doing whatever his day job thing was, uh, you can find him on the back pages of the West Word, yeah. subscribing, uh, you know, grass clippings a la scissors, you know, uh, <laughs> lawn burning, you, you know, had, whatever. You had like a, a couple of people in Boulder who were like, you said like, are you ready for your first scientist of the evening? <laughs> yeah, I would just make shit up. Yeah. Or. <laughs> I, yeah, uh, there was a lot of scientists in the Boulder scene. Shit, we had smart people. Half dozen at any given time on a list of. Mm-hmm. It was a quarter of the comics. There, what is it? Uh, Dan Wefflin? Mm-hmm. Yeah, what, Dan fun? John Papa's a doctor now. Yeah, uh, there's an engineer. There's always a goon floating in and out. You know that <laughs> some egghead that's I make rocket ships, but yeah. nobody gets my humor. Yeah. 
they, yeah, they're like engineers that live like in a small small apartment in Boulder because Boulder mm-hmm. Boulder that part of the problem with Boulder is mm-hmm. that there's just too much money and it's a lot of like mm-hmm. pushing just things that are actually art out. They never had to gentrify Boulder. <laughs> it just always it's just you know mm-hmm. that, that yeah your your joke about that. Yeah. Just. Boulder's the only town that can gentrify an already all-white neighborhood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, because Johnny Cigar Bar got gentrified out of Boulder. How does a cigar bar Do you, oh, get gentrified? We're forgetting a mic you started that I remember. Riverside's been off and on. That one was hellish. You didn't know about that one. No. It's terrible. There's catacombs underneath that place. And then when we would start, <laughs> what? all the staff would disappear. So we had to go hunt for them. To get drinks, there's very few pedestrians, and it everybody. Like you're starting a ritual or something. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, I mean, I I run fun hard rims. You know what I mean? It's like whistle while you work, kind of a concept. You know, definitely. We, we're little people that mine diamonds, uh, but we whistle, so that makes it okay. You know, it's this yeah. is terrible, terrible, laborious. You got mud boots on for sure. For sure. You're... When you're getting laughs, they're earned, and it's often the comics in the back was... laughing seven seconds after no one else does. What Cause... was that? What was that? Mike in Boulder? It was a. It, it was a on the hill. Oh right yeah, across yeah. The street Big Daddies. That was Big one of the last Daddy's ones. That one was great though. We had a karaoke night there. Mm-hmm. I had trivia there, and uh, comedy. I had a hat trick running out of that place. It was yeah, great. I remember that one night. It was, uh, I think it was graduation weekend mm-hmm. in Boulder, in Boulder, <laughs> oh, May, the, and we're the, on we're on the roof. The parking lot was pretty <laughs> fun to watch. Open at the roof, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're on the roof, yeah, rooftop patio. Yeah, roof, this rooftop is, patio. We're watching we're watching Boulder happen before our very eyes. There's like rats dragging whole pizza boxes around the corner, mm-hmm. and we're like, hey, wow, look at those rats! And uh, mm-hmm. and then like you see like a guy who works in the restaurant come out and like freak out. There's rats. He's like, what the fuck? And like throws his. I told you to go around rats. front. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the rats have been scolded oh. for not going to the front and ordering like everyone else. So while the rat thing's happening, we're mm-hmm. watching cars just like park and put their hazards on all over the place in this tiny parking lot. It's, a, it's supposed to be a one way and it's shaped like a J. And so <laughs> where you would have like, you know, the herringbone angled parking, but they're all square. Yeah. And then there's only one side that has parking against the building and then the L goes against the building and then turns down an alley with no parking yep. where people do park. Uh, so there's like 14 people. And people drive both directions. Yeah. So that it's supposed to be a one way <laughs> and then there are possibly at any given point three cars trying to get through a one car spot. I mean, you're seeing rats go by, a guy freaking out and then you see like f- like five different cars hazards and like you mm-hmm. see like a bunch of cars trying to get in, can't get in, people doing laps around the place. And then in the middle of this alley, we're just laughing at all this shit. And then uh, a, like a college student's car is walking over, and mm-hmm. he's and we're just, we're just laughing about stuff happening. And he thinks we're laughing at him. I said, "Uh oh," to something because I saw <laughs> yeah. him coming. Yeah. And it's like he parroted it like that was for me. And he went, "Uh oh," and then unzipped his pants and just started open parking lot walking <laughs> peeing for like a block. Turned the corner with it. <laughs> there was a, a J of P that went around this one way. It was so crazy. While everybody was like having, you know, I, I'm parking here. No, I'm going one way. Mm-hmm. I'm an Uber, but I'm the delivery guy. Everybody was carring it up, and he's just cutting through with urine, walking around. That, the- that was a hard one to beat. That, 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 that mic. 
like that night it was like we're not going to beat right. anything that happened right. out on the patio tonight then. and you won't see that on tv no you won't <laughs> <laughs> you got to go out in the sticks man right going out because i remember that you were also uh you gave me a lot of opportunities like moving up and through comedy like probably your first 10 probably your first 20 gave me my first 10 give mm-hmm. me my first feature gig and that mm-hmm. was when it was you me and uh comic anthony armstrong going oh to, went to wyoming went to wyoming and we fought that one too that was a <laughs> that was a wrestle i swear to god it was wrestle night at that point Th- that's when one drunk person is a little drunker than the somebody was even more drunk than wyoming drunk and yeah. uh being rowdy and then other drunk people were trying to get the rowdy guy to be less rowdy while we were like all right, sir. Let's fuck with this man. Yeah, he's not dangerous. We you all can take him, right? You guys know this yeah. guy, right? This, and then we fucked with this guy for the whole show. Whole show. Whole show. Yeah, it was, it was just kind of like he heckled the whole show, and I'm like freaking out because I've never done like 20 minutes before, and I'm going to <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> but you got a room and a, and a tab and a couple mm-hmm. hundred bucks, and then come wrestle the real world. Oh yeah, and they just threw booze at us before the show. Oh, too. Oh man, we were so drunk before the show. It was I like, threw up the whole. Was that weekend? I threw up on the drive home, or no, different weekend. Probably a different week. <laughs> yeah, I did that show a lot and got too many Miller Lights in me. <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh, yeah, for sure. That I mean, that was a, it. Was just a, it was a hotel bar, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, hotel bar, and we were we before we show up, like we just show up and we're getting like drinks. Mm-hmm. And this guy is already hammered. He's like there an hour and a half before the show, and he was the guy who was like, he's like, I got four DUIs and I work at the prison. Exactly. Yeah. Like that's like how he he doesn't even tell you his name. So first. this is like his night out slash off. <laughs> <I know. laughs> I got four UD. I've got four D. Talk like that too. Yeah, like I got yeah, four yeah. DUIs and I worked out of the prison. Yeah, yeah. Man, he was a cool dude. He was he was the fun heckler or people would go, "Hey, shut up, Johnny." Or and then like, there was the one that was trying to be helper, but then went back and forth between friendly, mean kind of yeah. guy. And that's the dude that you was it the Beyonce joke? You, you or something? You hmm. called him. I called him the the Eminem of Rollins, Wyoming. No, that's what it was. I knew that you gave him a music name or did a joke, and then you kept doing it as a callback. Like, dude, that's not a good thing. We're making fun of you, Ding Dong. (laughs) He's like, yeah, I'm Eminem. It's like, nah. And then the ladies over here, these (laughs) big bruiser ladies, were like, nah, I'm gonna beat his ass or something. They started. They shut him up. Yeah. They came over and like physically, like, maybe moved him or something and shut him to get him to shut up during the show. Very fun they, room. <laughs> during Anthony. They got physical during Anthony. Yeah. Because uh, he was that uh, Eminem of Wyoming is having a hard time mm-hmm. not saying what he wanted to, to and at and about the black comic on stage. That show was. He was holding his racism in like it was a whistle in the wind of Wyoming. He yeah. couldn't hold back. And These ladies came and got him before it got to that point. And we calmed him down, maybe put some more shots in him. He talked with Anthony like for an hour after the show too. That's Anthony. why I think that was the night I was so trashed. I, mean, no, I don't know. Were <laughs> you that trashed? I, maybe not that night. Just, I remember you being pretty drunk. Yeah, but I don't think that was the day I threw up on the drive home where I was like I was throwing up out the door. No, because Anthony would have been like real. No, that upset. was with, that was with Stroop. Maybe uh, makes sense. And somebody else because I remember Stroop. they were coaching me like, "Go ahead, I know what you're doing. Get it out. Get it out, man." We're just saying a lot of comics names. There's just a lot of comics in. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm yeah, I've done over I don't know 250 different road gigs. Yeah, some of those repeat in 22 different states, and I've done five shows. Out of state, I wasn't on. I just booked for people on the road. I was like, some on Facebook. And I was like, oh, why didn't you tell me? And then within 48 hours, I get them a gig somewhere because they're near where I know. Nice. Stuff. So, yeah. I remember Memphis. You tell- I've booked three shows in Memphis I've never been on. Really? Yeah. 
people like when a lot of people like listen to potty like uh, potty. <laughs> Podcast. Now, podcast. Now it's a podcast. It's your podcast. Yeah, because we're uh, just talking shit. Like, listen to comedy podcasts. They'll hear, like, uh, someone will eventually say, like, uh, triple run. Mm-hmm. And I remember you saying, like, I am the next generation of triple runs. But worse. But worse. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I, I don't have any of the good rooms. <laughs> they're no. just all They're just all triple B rooms is all yeah, I've got. It's a TV on and. Well, the, yeah, the, for those who don't know, David Tribble is a, an old booker. He used to, he's booked from, I think. I don't remember his territory, but it was it maybe as far as all the way to the East Coast. Definitely all of the Midwest. But there. definitely he's got the Midwest blanketed, or from the 80s, 90s, when it was the peak time. Mm-hmm. All the old comics that I know, like Hippie Man and, you know, Lewis Johnson and Nancy Norton and all, like all that crew, uh, they all know about Tribble. Mm-hmm. But he would have some decent clubs, some okay clubs, and then things to get you from place to place to those clubs. So there would be like... Yeah, there's stuff in middle America you don't know it is there. You know, Mandan, North Dakota. <laughs> yeah. Or, you know, what? North yeah, Dakota. Yeah, there's a, there's a casino somewhere. I've done a show in North Dakota. Yeah, did you do Did you do the oil rig? Well, here's what Dakota. we did. <laughs> Sam, me and Sam Talent have done, he's gracious enough, he and Nathan Lund were gracious enough early on in my booking and comedy career to let me... Uh, book tours for them because I was one of the few people that was booking night after night after night. We're in a different town every night. We're making money. Everything's paid. It's not tips. I'm like, shit was supposed to be rolling. And so, while this stuff's going on, you have someone back at home running running my mics. other shows. Yep. Sometimes showcases. So, um, yeah, I, I tried to build my, you know, shows so that I don't actually have to be the only one that runs them. They can run without me. They are their own thing. Mm-hmm. I mean, sometimes I have to start them to make them, you know, slap the room around a little bit to get them there. You're but. kind of creating the network. Yep. And then that way somebody can host and he's hosting. They get paid. They get money. I'm not losing money on a show. It's not sporadic. You yeah. know what I mean? So I don't work with anybody. I work alone because, you know, uh, fuck relying on other people. <laughs> but uh, I will give people chances that I trust and then, you know, contract with folks. You know, I'll, I'll dole out work and work together. I'll cooperate. Yeah. But I don't. Partner, that's uh, gross. Part- oh, I got you. <laughs> you like to be an entity that just makes I mean, shit. Uh, you know. I'm hard to be with on, yeah. on like long periods. So you're in North Dakota with Sam Talent and who else? Well, here's here's the reason we did that tour. We had done so many tours through my old you know stomping grounds. I went to OU, so I knew people in Oklahoma and Texas and all over in the South. They knew people from shows they'd done in Arizona and New Mexico. So we we had a little loop, man, where we were doing like. 10-day or 14-day runs, and, you know, 10 days, 10 shows, two days off. So you get a little break, but you're doubling up on some weekends, double headers. Cool cool runs, man. That's a cool run, yeah. Make a little money, you zip in, zip out. Uh, I'd roll like 100 joints for a 10-day run for the three of us (laughs) before we legalized because people weren't pulling us over. 100 joints for 14 days. For just the joints, just for people. So everybody got three a day at least. (laughs) And then we would take other weed. A sack lunch. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to tell you when you can and can't smoke weed in the van. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm a, love, good, I'm a good promoter, dude, you know what I mean? When, when, I, when you, like, I, I'm I a good booker. You, when you put me on there, I was so excited when you asked me to do the road. And I, I was like, I was like, oh, my God, I could go, I'm going to Wyoming. I'm crazy. I'm like freaking out in my house, kind of. And like, I remember you like texting me, like, just get in my van. Yep, that's how it works. <laughs> Everything's taken care of. Get, get in the van, every- come be funny, and tell the stories about it later. That's all. <laughs> 
Uh, have fun, be funny. Go through the van. So you get joints for everyone. You're on this tour. Right. Well, we had done so many tours through the South. Uh, Sam said, let's go on tour again. And I said, okay, you want me to call some people? Because we had some footprint, man. I had, you know, lines were drawn in the map, man. I knew who to call and I could get at least half a tour booked mm-hmm. in 20 minutes. Uh, and he goes, no, nah, let's go somewhere else. I've never been to North Dakota. And I said, hmm, okay. <laughs> That's all he said. And so I booked a tour Wyoming, Montana, North Dakota, and South Dakota, (laughs) and then uh, back to Colorado, a a homecoming show in Colorado. I like doing like a Sunday homecoming show in Colorado to wrap up a tour so that if you've got new shit on the road, you can immediately tell it at home. Totally. Um, And you get paid on a show that maybe you weren't getting booked on before, Mm -hmm. you know what I mean, locally. So I like to mix up the scene, you know, stir the pot. You know, you look famous when you're on the road, man. Um, but uh, it, I felt famous in Wyoming. It's great, right? It's great because nobody knows who you are. No, I mean, if you're not Jim Gaffigan, every name is an unknown name. Comics are the most unknown famous people you'll ever run into. You know what I mean? Totally. Uh, if you don't follow comedy, then you know you won't know anybody. But it, this one was uh, Sam Talent and uh, Zach Moss, and Zach knew people in South Dakota, made that pretty easy to book. Um, I got all of Montana, North Dakota. And I hooked up like I-80 for a minute in Wyoming. I was the I-80 comic booker in Wyoming. I had like, I've done seven different shows in Wyoming at least that were regular. What would you say uh, (laughs) doing shows in Wyoming is like? (laughs) Just a long exhale. (laughs) Think, well, this is what Wyoming is like, okay? Yeah. The people that do shows in Wyoming, don't, I mean, they don't know what the fuck they're doing. They're like, oh, yeah, come bring a thing to us. Why not? We'll, we'll do that. That sounds fun. Yeah. Two for two, the first two nights in Wyoming, not the third night, but the first two nights in Wyoming that we were there, the first booker forgot that he'd booked us, <gasps> and he had just had Tobler, and I can't remember who his opener was, Some um, somebody else uh, was there just week prior, like a week before we were there, which is dumb in a little town like that you don't if you don't have regular comedy you don't double up like that and then the very next night for us was like a friday right well that booker had tobler uh, the thursday but the night before so like the whole state was just kind of circling around and they accidentally were like oh yeah we love comedy we're doing it and we got put one week and then one night right after the same dude that was doing his own little run and it may have been Maybe he was there two days before us and then the night before, whatever it was. I but think it just, nothing against Branch. Just like, anyway, yeah. no, nothing against Branch. He's a great comic. He's great. Um, he's funny. He, you know, he's, surf, you know? he's from Wyoming. It's his home stomping ground. So he's had shows in Cheyenne. Mm-hmm. There's been some fun off again, off on again shows in, in, all over. But anyway. Yeah. How many Wyoming comics are there? Uh, one now. Yeah, one. I mean, <laughs> it's Aaron Snyder, and that's just because he doesn't drive down and do anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they all leave just like Pueblo comics all leave and come up to Denver. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, uh, anyway, here's the description of what a Wyoming show would be like, right? One night can be terrible. The next night can be fine because the same bar on a Thursday to a Friday, uh, Tobler was there with somebody. They didn't have a host and I may give it up to Thursday night crowds, different crowd, different kind of drunk on a Thursday, man. I mean, yeah. that's, I mean, that's not your, we're going out. That's like, eh, this is what I do. You know, I, yeah. I, I drink during the week. That's fine. That's what I do. So it's a different kind of drunk crowd. Uh, and they didn't have a host. So it was like a hot mic thing where the headliner had already talked because he introduced the feature and then the feature hot mics 
and introduced the headliner. We were doing it host, so I take the flack of the room. You know, I smack the cats with a broom, you know, to get them to calm the <laughs> fuck yep. down. Everyone, hi. Yeah, yeah, and then I take the pun jokes, The that's stupid, that's witty, that's whatever different, little religion, little little too rough, little, you know, little weird jokes. <laughs> you blink at them a couple of times. I mean, I try and lay it on them. Yeah. What they're going to see some weirdness of, break the ice, you know, push the parameters of what they've been talking about. Uh, and then find out what they're into, you know what I mean? Kind of a little bit as the host. Mm-hmm. And then I give you a feature comic. Once I've turned a crowd into an audience, I give them a feature comic and a headliner, and then you've got a great show. Tobo didn't have that. Uh, so they just- But he did have a man who was heckling enough to where they were going back and forth, and this man drunkenly came on stage, sorry, Brent, and farted on his leg on stage. Farted what? Yep. That's it. That was his final heckle as far as I heard the story. Was that this dude farted on Brant on stage, like he would your younger brother or something Man. like that? It was like a friendly tit for tat heckle. Good. I don't know how they were. I did, I wasn't there, but that's the story that was told to me from the night prior. And then me and Sam and, and Moss go there. <laughs> Different crowd, same room, same level of full. Mm-hmm. No serial farters. So wow, Wyoming can go one way or the other it's just you know rolling I mean? it's rolling like a dice pretty much yeah oh yeah yeah uh because i had fun when i was there that's, i mean yeah it's the constant wind it makes them real weird when, i think that's a, like misconception a lot of people like think like oh i gotta go to wyoming and do a show it's like, dude here's the thing you can all of america show. that's not a big city is just arkansas with a different zip code you know what i mean there's totally. there's regular ass you know Bumpkins, there's regular normal people in rural America, mm-hmm. and they all have the fucking internet, man. They've all got Netflix. They know they're hip to the jive you're about to talk about. You don't need to talk down to everybody all the time. You may want to know your demographic and maybe, yeah. you know, maybe not shout Voldemort at them in San Francisco or totally. or go Trump's a dummy in you know, the Red Sea to the east of us. Because every time I've gotten like, on a gig with you, like we're doing one in a farm – the buyer's farm. Mm-hmm, that's another great gig that just, just out in the happened. sticks. Yep. All these shows that are out you in the sticks. Wouldn't you... think you should do a show at a wedding venue, <laughs> but it's fun. But you can. But that, that, that you just like the people when you go to these kind of smaller towns, they do treat you like I feel like so good. You're just like they're they're just super nice. Well, because nobody comes to town. Like, but you're the entertainment. Thank you. An occasional rodeo or something. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? But we get people. From uh, out in Byers at, at May Farms, shout out to May Farms. They give me three dates a year at their lovely venue. Hell yeah. Uh, and they're obviously slumming when they let me do it because I'm not paying them. They're paying me. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> you know, they're they're doing a favor for the community by yeah. having comedy because they make way more money with, you know, conventions and learning seminars and weddings and gatherings and whatnot. It's a beautiful location. Check them out. May Farms uh, in Byers, Colorado. But there's only... 2,200 people in buyers? You think, how are you going to fill a room of 100 people with that populace? Well, within two miles is, you know, uh, Strasburg. And that's like at the end of Colfax. That's still Colfax. I'm still putting flyers up on Colfax. Jeez. That's how far Colfax goes. Uh, and then there's... East, East, East Colfax. Yeah. Uh, Deerfield out there is the actual, the first... Uh, black farming settlement and longest running in Colorado. It was a, a black farm town, Deerfield. And there's some other town over there I don't know about. I forget the name of it. Right cool. Now. But there's eventually 12,000 people within 10 miles that come to that show. 
not all at once, but that you can advertise to within eight posters. We talk about Wyoming, doing the, those road gigs. What mm-hmm. is a road gig like in North Dakota near oh, What is oil? That one was at a casino, Ooh. pool hall, dance hall, <laughs> bar. It's like it's all one great big barn that they just kind of put. What? Imagine a huge barn style building. Sure. Where you would have like a stage for, I don't know, White Snake today. So not like in their heyday, <laughs> but today. <laughs> And there's a big boot scooting dance floor in the middle with like the bar high bar rails, yeah, two steps up from the <laughs> dance floor. So like you could accidentally kick somebody in the shoulder while they're dancing. So it's like a weird pit yeah. in the middle, right in front of the stage, and then a bar top all the way around this great big stage. And then, you know, if I'm facing out to the said pit and bar top of people in a horseshoe, to the left of me would be all the pool tables. And then if you go, that's nine o'clock, right? And then if you go like 10, no. 11 o'clock, that's where the buffet area, the eating area is. And go a little over that to the back, that's where all the casino part is, quote unquote, which is only four tables. And then behind that, all along the back of this joint's a bar. And then slot machines galore in a separate room that's closed off back behind. That's brutal. That <laughs> so is in that show. Brutal. That's such a, it's a huge cavernous room they with 80 distractions. It. Yeah, they seated it with chairs, as you should, in front of the stage that looked like the people in front of the judge on the uh, Pink Floyd, the wall album cover, you know, like the, <laughs> uh, they were so desperate, disparately high, just grotesquely different heights. Yeah. Uh, and then everybody else seated around them were the comfortable people at the bar top seats that were now, you know, their toes are the head height. Of the people in the chairs, but there's, so there are only like seven people that chose the chairs in the middle. So that's super empty. So the first people we see, 50, 70 feet away, maybe. Yeah. Besides those smattering of drunks that, I'm going to go watch this. this you is know, a, like, these are blue collar folks, right? That don't have their jobs anymore because oh. it was at the time when the oil field was dumping, but rents were still four grand a month on a trailer. Oh, no. So there's no money. Everybody's pissed. Oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. And we were squeezing this room for $400, I think. <laughs> Just because someone had never done North Dakota and wanted to check it off Dude, his goddamn map. Everyone's pissed and like, don't worry. They the hated us. are here. I got a couple of <laughs> giggles at best. You know, I got some attention. They knew I was up there. I got a laugh from the pool table. I got a laugh from the casino. And I, I love that a, you remember every detail. Like, for sure, for laugh sure. here, there. And then I was, these, oh, I can see the damn faces, the dirt, mm, you know, the, the scowl of. Grimace, the mean mugs. You mean I didn't pay for this? <laughs> yeah. And then why, are, why am I still staring at you? Look like, why can't I look away? Kind of a thing. Like, when is Charles Manson going to get funny? Uh, <laughs> and, and then so I gave him a feature. Zach had a good time making fun of me. Uh, but you know, then there's, he did, I don't even remember if he had a good set or not, or whether Sam did or not, because I immediately to the back of the room and was taking advantage of our free bar tab <laughs> and they paid us in a check at the end of the show, uh, if you'd call it a show. Uh, and then we all got individual checks and they said on a Friday night, uh, you can cash it right here at the bar. So he pulled it out of the drawer from under the cash part, gave it to us. We signed it. He put back under the drawer. And then pulled some cash out. And I turned around in my bar stool, just spun around and sat down at a 21 table and lost my whole check and got drunk. (laughs) 
That is the beauty of the road, isn't it, right there? And then we drunk drivingly, like almost so that I had to cover one eye oh. and not make the lines. It was, but it was from the casino over the overpass to our hotel. So that's as far as I had to go. Okay. Like, oh. a, yeah, you put it in gear and back up and don't hit anything. And then you went for a stroll. I turned right and then straight and then right. And that's all I did for like, again, 500 yards. Allegedly. Allegedly. No, I'll, I'll tell you, I used to drink and drive a lot. Oh, all right. I've been heckled from another building over an alley. Oh, in, wow. On a patio in Dallas. In Dallas? In Dallas, yep. Some lady just came out her window. And the third, this is this was with Sam and Nathan. This is the first tour. We were in uh, Deep Ellum in Denver. I forget the name of the bar. It's since closed, I think. Yeah. Uh, terrible negotiation to where, like, <laughs> it's supposed to be a cover. I was like, okay, well, I didn't think it was going to be a cover with an outdoor seating thing. I thought you had like a venue. Yeah. He's like, no, no, it's, we got a new thing in here. We're doing this in here. You guys are on the patio. I was like, well, fuck, how are we going to get a cover? Have the guy sit there. So the, the door guy sits there, <laughs> but he never took a cover. He just let everybody sit on the patio for free. Uh, I said, how much have we gotten? He goes, oh, you wanted me to start taking a cover now? I was like, uh, yeah, the show's in 30 minutes, dickhead. And so he went and started talking to people that were sitting down on the patio already, like trying to get fivers out of them. I'm like, no, 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 dude, don't bounce the people here now, dummy. You can't. I need five. That is a bad predicament. Like, I don't want you all to stay, but I also want you to pay. Right. Yeah. So, again, I hosted. I don't know if we had local comics. A lot of times I'll try and work with local comics and yeah. put them on the show and incorporate them into the show. Uh and it was me. Yeah, we had local comics because we had Dan Danzy, I think. Uh, he does stuff with True TV. And, well, look him up, whoever. You've basically, you've, you've, you've taken a lot of people on the road who are like big time doing. Well, we we move and shake. We, yeah. we, you know, we've met people. I don't. From the, from doing Johnny's all the mm-hmm. way up to what you're doing now. Like what oh, you for did sure. with Sam is like yeah. all the same trajectory. Uh, on tour one time in San Francisco, I took all the kids. Sam, etc. It was Aaron Urist. Uh, I don't know if Nathan was on that one. Uh, Byron Graham was there. Uh, maybe Sam's sister went just for shits and giggles, and maybe Emily went. I can't remember. The van fits a lot of fun. Yeah. So a lot of people go on tour with us sometimes just as adjunct, you know, hang-alongs. Like, yeah, I'll go to San Francisco. Okay. I got that going on for two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, so <laughs> just nice. go. But uh, and then people fly in, fly out. But. Uh, Sam has performed at the Throckmorton Theater uh, where, uh, you know, it's over in Marin County where, you know, everybody, Charlie Chaplin has performed on that stage, right? Uh, Yeah. Robin Williams, he performed in front of, I can't remember the name, Willie Barsena was on that show and I'd known him from before anyway, so we chatted and uh, Willie had a good set, but there was the dude before Willie after Sam. So Sam was like the second or third comic on the showcase. Sam only got seven minutes and he did like, three minutes of jokes and four minutes of an old joke that was just a total improv of a guy at a party that's had too much acid. He, it was all act up. No words. No words. And he fucking wrecked this fucking theater. Walked off stage. How many How many hundreds of people? Four, five, six. I don't know. It was, it was a big, big theater. Oh, man. And then the comic that came up next, they were still laughing and talking about what the fuck did we just see? Just uh, bury them. So the host had a hard time calming the audience down. And the next comic, <laughs> half of his set was going, okay, you're right. That last guy was really funny. Now, come on. He kept trying yeah. to tell jokes, but couldn't. He couldn't reset the The table. next comic was almost burnt. Just totally, uh, you know, a, a coaster. Just a pass until Willie. And they both said, 
man, give it up for Sam. That's the hardest I've had to work in public in a long time, you know? <laughs> Thought I was just going to cross the bay and do a little gig, but no, no, this was, and, you know, I didn't get him on that gig. You know, he got on that gig. You mm-hmm. know, I just drive the van. Uh, and, you know, that was one where we're like, we got on a couple of shows together. Like he said, here's the people. But we all stayed, you know, at Sylvan House. Yeah. Just a big comic flop house where somebody lives under the stairs like Harry Potter before <laughs> he gets to go to school. Uh, there was 18 people. Dave Borey was in that house. You know, there's all, all, so many California comedy names out of Sylvan House. Yeah. Uh, so they said, well, here's these people. Here's these shows. Good luck. So I got on, you know, a thing down in San Jose. Other people got on different shit and they took the, the bus. We all just would meet back at Sylvan House. So everybody kind of independently booked their own gigs and did mics and so you gave them the you 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 put up like that kind of like the mm-hmm. tracks mm-hmm. For and comics. then we did some shows after that in uh for savage henry up in uh humboldt county yeah yeah and so we drove i mean we came through reno we did shows in reno in this weird little art adobe place in reno we had shows all over man i booked some they booked some it's just sometimes they're just friendly booking tours let's all go somewhere what was your favorite tour because you've been on a lot of tours mm, i'd say the honestly the the north dakota one the one with montana and all that was great because we had so much fun in south dakota it was so great the shows in south dakota were so fun uh you don't need north dakota if you, you go to south dakota you don't need to see north dakota it's fine just go to you know somewhere less north yeah it's, it's the same thing it's all flat and but and i love that bleedy. mentality though like where it's like i haven't done it there yet so I want to try it there. Sure. I hadn't done it on a bus in a parade before, but now I have. But sometimes you know I mean? having such a t- yeah, having such a terrible show when you get a good show, it's mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm reset. And that's the cool thing about tour because oh. the shows weren't bad in Wyoming. They yeah. just got better as the week went on. Montana was fun. There were some hard-fought ones in Montana. North Dakota was just the bummer, but we marked it off the list, and you never have to do that again. We can book everywhere else. It was great. And that's mm-hmm. the thing about meeting the people in the middle of the country. There are other people like those people everywhere, just like I said. And so you go to the fun places. You go to Montana. You go to South Dakota. You get through Wyoming. <laughs> and then you, know, you get home. Uh, then you can mix some Oregon and Washington in there. I it's know. better to have a show a day than just a travel day, right? Man, when tours fall apart, it's such a bummer. I like fishing. I just don't like having to make that my day. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but and it's I mean, hard to get, it's, I mean, it's hard to book these gigs, tight man. tours are the way to do it. I'd say 10 day runs, try and get 10 or 12 shows, double up your weekends, mm-hmm. uh, go like weekend to weekend. A Friday where you get like three different shows in a night. Is oh man. The best. You book one, get on a couple local ones, get on one local one, do a late night mic, see the people, you know, glad hand the local scene. Yep. Yep. Do the deal. You know what I mean? And then in the middle of the week you work. The marina at, you know, the Gold Coast and wherever that is. You know what I mean? You just find little weird lake communities where there are people, but there ain't nothing doing. Yeah. You go be the thing that's doing. You know what I mean? If they say comedy tonight, everybody will shit themselves. They don't need to know your name. They're going to come and see the spectacle. Like you said, the clowns are in town, yeah. man. Let's go see what's going on. Let's see the circus. Yes. Yeah. More like, well, I'll say the circus. I want, I want to meet that guy again. Like, I got four DUIs. <laughs> I mean, it's Rollins. You could probably go hang out on a Friday somewhere yeah. and find him. Throughout the night, he was like, probably the prison, but he'll be one of the... <laughs> like, I used to work here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Do you know I used to work here? Yeah, yeah. But he was like... I used to be so drunk when I was at work. Yeah. Oh, my God. He would, he would like, that night, like, I remember meeting him, he was already hammered. He's like, mm-hmm, oh, mm-hmm. I got 40 eyes. And then throughout the show, he was like... Mm-hmm. And then the 
in the last like part of the night he was just like ah it was just like bumper cars where ladies and his girlfriend were just kind of pushing him around and getting him to mumble in different areas of the room johnny yeah yeah whatever it was we're like "Mm -hmm, we know we yep 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 you're the white m&m yep yep i love the adventure of it dude yeah that's that's what i love about like going on the road especially in the sticks when you're like when you go to like a just a random ass town my favorite thing is to smoke weed listen to music and then Cross the country in a van or a van. you know what I mean drive mm-hmm. you know, even in Utah where it's see like, different Whoa. weather see different lands see different people in convenience stores buy weird shit like what do y'all <laughs> what do y'all pickle in this convenience store you know what I mean yeah and dude. just get a hat you know what I mean you know just buy weird shit at the places go see the locals Wait, I bought some gloves with you on tour once I was like I need some gloves I want, to, I want yeah. some mitt some gas station for gloves. sure if it's winter tour put some mittens on your paws oh yeah. Yeah. So you, you, what, what I, what I love about you is mm-hmm. you just, you, you start shit, and mm-hmm. you have a just, I, I gotta make things happen now, kind of mentality that you, you, that's really kind of, I definitely have wouldn't have gotten anywhere near as close as I got with comedy without you setting up the places where I actually felt comfortable and yeah. could actually grow as a comic. You know, well, I moved to Colorado for Colorado, so yeah. uh, I tried the corporate thing. You know, with the HR degree, I got the, you know, the project management degree. I got uh, laid off four or five times in three years. And, you know, I went into construction and just nothing. I tried to do the things. I you, tried, did, you did Oklahoma. I tried to society. You know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, and none of it took. <laughs> so It just didn't take. <laughs> it didn't take, man. <laughs> so none of it fit right. So uh, after layoffs and, you know, uh, economic collapses and, you know, just shit going down in life, divorce, things like that. I found comedy, and early, early on in my career, I realized in my my early twenties, everything's a negotiation. Nobody gets paid the same at IBM. You got to mm-hmm. you got to talk your way into your pay, dude. Yeah, uh, make your way. You know, in the world today. <laughs> so, I just I ain't got time to fuck with rules and structures and shit anymore. You know, I've I've felt the quickening. I'm closer to death than success. So I don't I don't think you're going to die, dude. There ain't time to swell. Derek Rush and I have an ongoing joke (laughs) that you're actually like a thousand years old. Because every time we we, that started on Twitter, that you know my handle is seventeen forty eight. Tobias seventeen forty eight, and everybody would pick like their birth date, yeah, or birth year or something as their handle for their email or whatever. And mine's seventeen forty eight. I'm like, (laughs) no, I, I'm I'm not retiring from the railroad again <laughs> you know well every time we'd meet like hang out with you like at a show or something like mm-hmm. that you'd be like yeah like was just something to spurge you up like, like oh yeah well one time i was a i was a uh you know i was a nurse mm-hmm. like, oh, for a wow. while for a while and then they're like oh yeah one time i was a real estate agent did and after like didn't 40, ever did new real estate no? no insurance sold insurance insurance with farmers well you just have yeah. all these different jobs you had so we're just like mm-hmm. is, is toby immortal how, yeah how did he benjamin <laughs> button this life man what's going on <laughs> no i just started working as a wee lad in oklahoma some of my earliest memories growing up in oklahoma are barefoot hot you know think grapes of wrath mm-hmm. chasing a potato truck through a potato field with stickers on my feet and can't keep up with the tailgate of the potato truck and then everything from there is just, you know, work and labor and, you know, yeah, I just man. always worked. You know, at 15, I was an illegal migrant worker from the South. I worked on a commercial fishing boat in Canada with an alias uh, wow. on a three-man crew. So I was 15. There was a 45-year-old school teacher my granddad knew from teaching college that was going to retire within however many years. 
was learning how to be a, a, a salmon fisherman on a trawler, right? He was going to, that was his moneymaker in the summers, how he's going to retire, right? <laughs> Friend of my granddad. And then the captain that we hired, another person neither of us knew, uh, uh, what was his name? I forget his name. A uh, little, you know, tiny Japanese dude. But since they were in Canada, the big Russian dude that looks like a bear that you would think would have a Russian accent and the little Japanese dude, because it's Canada, they sounded like the McKenzie brothers, both of them. So being from Oklahoma and Oklahoma being as racist as it is, the only Asian people I knew were Vietnamese people that sounded Vietnamese because of reparations from the 70s, right? Wow. Uh, you know, Native Americans sounded like Okies. Black people sounded like Okies. But if they were like, if you looked Russian, you had a Russian accent. You know, if you looked British, you sounded British. But up in Canada, everybody's Canadian. So there's no, <laughs> there's no Asians in Canada. They're all Canadians is the point of that story. Okay. <laughs> uh, so there was like a weird cultural at 15 awakening for this weird little redneck kid trying not to drown on a 38-foot trawler in the ocean wow. all summer. And I earned enough money that summer uh, to buy my second motorcycle and first car. Oh yeah. So, so I just you, grew up. You needed to get your wheels. negotiating. Yeah. Whatever I do, and it's always been a weird thing. Hell, my first shotgun I earned welding a horse fence together at twelve. You're very resourceful. <laughs> the, the, the second, the second I started, like the, the the pandemic was happening, you were just like, "Hey, I got this idea for a show out of I, a van. I built a stage and bought an FM transmitter. Let's <laughs> fucking keep doing comedy safely. Like literally, literally, people are like, "Stay indoors." Uh -huh. Everyone needs to and stay I'm like, inside. As a project manager, I'm like, fuck. And meanwhile, you're just New like, scope. Okay. hey, everyone, we're going to meet at this parking lot. What was the first? Because you started, mm -hmm. Toby started the second the pandemic started, which mm -hmm. probably. March. What was the first? Middle one? of March, probably sometime. The last one was the day before my birthday because the, the the apocalypse started on my birthday, March 26th. Late spring, so it you started, was a, yeah, like just a... The 23rd and the 25th were the first two, March 23rd and 25th, were the first two we did in that parking lot of Gorehound. Uh, they were your open in mic. In Fort Collins, Colorado. And yeah. then Homeboys Showcase, I think. And then we got locked down for 30 days or 45 days. And then yeah. we just came back with a vengeance. And we were doing... Dude, there was like seven shows a week. That we were doing drive-in stuff. But it was crazy how quickly you went from like, all right, there's no shows here. Let's make shows happen in a parking lot with FM transmitters. The reason I'm doing this is for the good of the people. You know, I'm using my van for good, not yeah. bad. If it gets worse, you'll know. Oh, you told me uh, how, what happens if it gets worse. <laughs> 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 you came over one day and you're like, yeah, dude. If uh if things go bad, we can go light some fires off in the East Prairie Lands and run up to the hills because while they're taking care of that problem, we're getting a good. You, you, there's no cops to stop you from looting and uh, <laughs> take what you need, get what you're gonna get front and center, the and then move. Comedy move podcast. <laughs> Here's the thing: I, the, on Facebook, I've seen like there are so many people. I'm on their apocalypse team. They say like there's gun nuts. Like you're on my apocalypse team. I'm like sure, I know how to shoot. I all I can right. keep you an open perimeter with open sights for sure. Uh, but then there's all these hippies. Yeah, man, I know how to make a village and purify water. Let's do it. Let's all socialize <laughs> together, man. So I'm on everybody's apocalypse team. And the thing I noticed the other day on Facebook, three different ladies within 24 hours said, I just want to run away and start a hippie village in the hills. To hell with all this. And I'm like, with all you people wanting to do that, you know you're just going to move your neighborhood and be in the highlands up in the highlands. You're going to bump into each other again anyway. Yep. All you hippies that think you're getting away are getting back together just somewhere else. Yeah, you have all the ideas. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Everybody's already thought of all the things, yeah. you know. So I don't you, I don't want to run away. I have a John Deere red key. Everything's fine. All the construction equipment is mine. <laughs> you all can clog the highways all you want. I'll be fine. Yeah, you're, you're, <laughs> I'll push I'm, my way where I want to go. I'm not worried about you, dude. That's for sure. <laughs> you started a company like right when the pandemic happened. Well, Meander 1748 Thor. had to die, and now we're going to be van people. We're van life at Neanderthal Productions. Neanderthal Productions. That fits me better anyway. I mean, I am mostly Neanderthal anyway. Mm-hmm. It's basically just the logo. It's just you mm-hmm. as a caveman. And a van with a mic. <laughs> so you start Neanderthal Productions. Because it's, it's for the good of the people. People need to come together. You know, we're doing the same thing. Yes, we're doing the same thing in the apocalypse that we would have done anyway. We're gathering around a fire, i.e. the headlights of the cars, uh, and telling jokes about what we did today and what we thought about today. That's how we people. That's how we society. When I saw how you ran the mic, too, it's really crazy because you you would wipe wipe it down between each comic. Yep. There's no handshakes anymore. Nope. I mean, you can if you want to spray hand sanitizer and still handshake that way. That's what my new handshake. (laughs) Just, Just mix it. I spray my hand and shake your hand. With hand sanitizer, the my personal blend of oh, hand sanitizer. I don't think COVID. Do, that, that's do that. also flammable in case the insurrection happens during a mic. Right. <laughs> wow. So, a few steps ahead. <laughs> always. I mean, you know, listen for the van like the ice cream man. If it all goes down, I'll be honking the horn, and I've got an FM uh, dial posted and shoe polish on the window. You can hear instructions on how to live through it if it gets that bad. But you know, if as long as protests are working. Let's keep protests. Mm-hmm. But you know, if it's time to riot, I'm, you know, protesters, thank you for your work. I'm a rioter. It's my turn. I'm glad you brought up protests because you, you, you gave me a, a walking stick slash weapon. Uh, no, no, no. It's a social distancing stick. Oh, okay. <laughs> it's four feet long plus your two feet arm. You know, yeah, Toby, Toby makes stuff. Don't the cough on me. Don't yeah. cough on me. Right. <laughs> you know, it, you're safer over there. You know, for most people. It's not safe within my arm's reach anyway for others. Uh, so to have another four feet to keep you at a good, you know, I get twitchy if you get too close to me. I, you know, yeah. I got the. Before the podcast, you were showing me like, all right, so if someone grabs you like this, you do this with your stick. <laughs> for sure, for sure. Uh, it's a, they're not canes. And that's the thing with a walking stick. It can be considered a weapon. And the way I've made it, it can be used as a weapon if you know how. You mm-hmm. can break a car window if they decide to drive through your protest. Um. But they're a nice light stick. Uh, I'm making no. them as a walking stick with a wrap. You know, a, a paracord wrap is a handle on most of them. But you can get them clean if you just want them to move quicker and faster if you know things about physics. Yeah. And, uh, but they are four feet long. They're a fun little <laughs> I love her. I way want, to keep people at bay. If you do anything, follow Toby on Twitter. <laughs> You'll get the, the scoop on his new the new weapons he's making. For sure. <laughs> that are disguised I, I like posting on, I try to keep similar handles everywhere. I'm Tobias 1748 on Instagram and Twitter. I'm trying to get away from Facebook because mm-hmm. it's for Russians and old people. Yeah, Meanderthal Productions as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Dude, I fucking love you. Mm-hmm. You're the best. You got me. I, I, I wouldn't be doing this right now without you. Well, so. I mean, that's what it's about, bringing people together and making sure that we're all healthy and uh, the bad ones we weed out. Yeah, help people helping people. Mm-hmm. All right. Thanks, dude. Hey, appreciate you, man. That's the show, everyone. Thanks for tuning into the podcast. Uh, big thanks to Toby for coming in and giving me a murder stick. That's pretty radical. Uh, <laughs> we're going to have episodes coming out every week, so check us out on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, Pinterest, whatever the hell. We're going to have episodes every week. You can follow us on all platforms at Goofin Gaston. At Goofin Gaston. And if you got a second, please subscribe and give us a five-star review. That'd be killer. Uh, you can really say whatever you want in the review, just as long as you give us five stars. So you can say, like, oh, this guy's a piece of shit. Five stars. You're helping the podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks again for listening, and have a good week.